Israel will soon be gathered by the end time servant. So we'll start tonight in 3rd Nephi chapter 22, which is Nephi quoting Isaiah 54. Tonight I'm going to use Avraham Gileadi's translation of Isaiah 54 for 3rd Nephi 22. Seeing a barren woman who did not give birth, break into jubilant song, you who were not in labor. The children of the deserted wife shall outnumber those of the espoused, says Jehovah. Now, here, Isaiah is referring to both the Gentiles and scattered Israel. Um, in a historical context, the children of the espoused wife um, were the Jews um, and the Gentiles were, you know, the barren in, you know, the end time scenario, there's a reversal of circumstances. And now Israel is now the espoused wife and it's the Gentiles who are the barren wife. Single barren woman who did not give birth, Break into jubilant song, you who were not in labor. The children of the deserted wife shall outnumber those of the espoused, says Jehovah. So in the end time context, it's the Gentiles who, you know, as percentages go, will reject the fullness of the gospel, will reject entering into covenant with their Lord and Savior and refuse to become his sons and daughters through the covenant of a broken heart contrite spirit and receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. But when the gospel is restored to the Gentiles in the last days or those among the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, those few who receive it will then be taking the fullness of the gospel to gather Israel. Expand the sight of your tent. Extend the canopies of your dwellings. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. So the latter-day Gentiles to whom the fullness is restored by the Lord's end-time servant, it is their job and their mission to go out to declare the doctrine of Christ and to gather Israel. This gathering will commence at the time of the end time exodus. For you shall spread abroad to the right and to the left. Your offspring shall dispossess the nations and wrestle the desolate city. Be not fearful, for you shall not be confounded. Be not ashamed, for you shall not be disgraced. You shall forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. So we are speaking to scattered Israel who has spent a long time in the darkness of not having the fullness of the gospel. Be not fearful for you shall not be confounded, confounded. Be not ashamed for you shall not be disgraced. You shall forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. For he who espouses you is your maker, 
whose name is Jehovah of hosts. He who redeems you is the Holy One of Israel, who is called the God of all the earth. Jehovah calls you back as a spouse forsaken and forlorn, a wife married in youth only to be rejected, says your God. I forsook you indeed momentarily, but with loving compassion, I will gather you up. In fleeting exasperation, I hid my face from you, but with everlasting charity, I will have compassion on you, says Jehovah, who redeems you. This is to me as in the days of Noah, when I swore that the waters of Noah would no more flood the earth. So I swear to have no more anger toward you, never again to rebuke you. Now, anger is a metaphor for the king of Assyria, king of Babylon, that entity in the last days who amasses to itself all political, economic, and military power and becomes the staff in the Lord's left hand to destroy the world and the wicked. And the righteous are preserved and gathered out. So even though they will suffer the wrath for a period of time of the king of Assyria, king of Babylon, and even though they have been in darkness for many years, yet that is all coming to an end. And those who make it, or those who are willing to enter into covenant with their God, to become his sons and daughters, he will preserve and they will spend a thousand years with him. For the mountains shall be removed and the hills collapse with shaking. But my charity toward you shall never be removed. Okay, the mountains removed and the hills collapse with shaking is a reference to the destruction poured out upon the entire earth by the king of Assyria, king of Babylon. Nor my covenant of peace be shaken, says Jehovah, who has compassion on you. Now, God and his covenant with his people is to save them if they will covenant with him. And that covenant is a covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit and receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is the sanctification that prepares a man, a woman, or a people to enter into his rest, thus becoming, <clears throat> as is outlined in DNC 76, verses 53 and 54, members of the church of the firstborn, which is the requirement to enter into New Jerusalem. And it's the Lord's end time servant that again extends this covenant both to the Gentiles and to all the house of Israel. Nor my covenant of peace be shaken, says Jehovah, who has compassion on you, poor wretch, tempest-tossed and disconsolate. I will lay antimony for your building stones and sapphires for your foundations. I will make your skylights of jasnath and your gates of carbuncle and your entire boundary of precious stones. Now, this is talking both about the establishment of New Jerusalem, a holy city, and the reestablishment of 
old Jerusalem again to become a holy city. And its building materials indicate the spiritual level of ascension that the people must ascend to to dwell therein. And so the precious gems and precious metals denote the spiritual level of sons and daughters or those uh, you know on Isaiah's spiritual uh, ascension level you know sons and daughters represent you know those of the church of the firstborn those who have come into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory and have received that sanctification that they may dwell in New Jerusalem, in Old Jerusalem, for a thousand years with Christ. All your children shall be taught by Jehovah, and great shall be the peace of your posterity. Now, you know, those who have, you know, died, um, but would qualify, you know, at the church of the firstborn level um, will be born to those inside new Jerusalem. And, you know, their parents will raise them in the light and glory of Jesus Christ. You know, while those who, you know, are not yet at that level who have died, but would have made it into the millennium, but not yet into New Jerusalem, you know, will be born to those, you know, outside the gates of New Jerusalem with the opportunity to enter into the new and everlasting covenant, receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, work with one of the 144,000 to ascend the next spiritual level to the church of the firstborn level, and thus enter into New Jerusalem. You shall be firmly established through righteousness. You will be far from oppression and have no cause to fear. Far from ruin, for it shall not approach you. Now you shall be firmly established through righteousness. Righteousness is the Lord's end time servant. And the fullness of the gospel is restored for the last time through him. And then taken to the ends of the earth and all Israel is gathered. And so Israel is brought to a knowledge of their Savior and the covenants that he has with them through the restoration, through the Lord's end-time servant. Verse 15, Those who gather into mobs are not of me. Whosoever masses against you shall fall because of you. It is I who create the smith who fans the flaming coals, forging weapons to suit his purposes. It is I who create the ravenger to destroy. Now in verse 16, both the smith and the ravenger are metaphors of the king of Assyria, king of Babylon, who you know, is pursuing his work of the destruction of the entire earth and its inhabitants. Whatsoever weapon is devised against you, it shall not succeed. Every tongue that rises to accuse you, 
you shall refute. This is the heritage of the servants of Jehovah, and such is their vindication by me, says Jehovah. Now, the servants of Jehovah are those who are working under the direction of the end-time servant. And under his direction, taking the fullness of the gospel and the new scripture that he will bring with him in their missionary effort to proclaim the doctrine of Christ and gather Israel from the four corners of the earth. Now, if we go to 3 Nephi chapter 29. And now behold, I say unto you, that when the Lord shall see fit in his wisdom, that these sayings shall come unto the Gentiles according to his word. So this term Gentiles is consistent with the general usage by Book of Mormon prophets of the term Gentiles referring specifically to members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, you know, there are times when the term Gentiles just does mean a Gentile nation, um, which is those of the inhabitants of North America. And there are two occasions where it also refers to all of the descendants of Ephraim, uh, scattered, you know, throughout the world. That these things shall come unto the Gentiles. So, the record of the Book of Mormon, talking about the restoration of the gospel under Joseph Smith in his first ministry, or the first restoration. Then ye may know that the covenant which the Father hath made with the children of Israel concerning their restoration to the lands of their inheritance, already beginning to be fulfilled. Well, let's cross-reference DNC 101. The beginning of the parable of the redemption of Zion, which starts in verse 43. Now, implicit in the name, the parable of redemption of Zion, is first that Zion would be established, second that Zion would fall. For can you redeem something that hasn't either fallen or been ransomed? And third, that Zion would be redeemed from the fall. And the establishment of Zion, referred to in the parable of redemption of Zion, is the work that Joseph Smith accomplished during his first ministry. Verse 44, a certain nobleman, the nobleman being the Lord, had a spot of land very choice, North America. And he said unto his servants, Joseph Smith Jr., and the first laborers in the last kingdom, Go ye unto my vineyard, or upon the land of North America, um, that location in which the restoration of the gospel would take place. Even upon this very choice piece of land and plant 12 olive trees. The 12 olive trees uh, being a metaphor for the 12 tribes of Israel. So the 12 tribes of Israel beginning to be gathered during Joseph Smith's first ministry. 
which um, is in perfect parallel with 3 Nephi chapter 29. And now behold, I say unto you that when the Lord shall see fit in his wisdom that these sayings shall come unto the Gentiles or that the Book of Mormon would be translated by Joseph Smith and would come forth um, according to his word that ye may know that the covenant which the Father hath made unto the children of Israel concerning the restoration to the lands of their inheritance is already beginning to be fulfilled. Well, you know, this correlates with verse 44 in DNC 101 when Joseph and the servants were commanded to plant 12 olive trees in the vineyard. So the commencement of the gathering of Israel. If we go to JST Genesis 50. And verses 25 through 28. And it shall come to pass that they shall be scattered again. Talking about Israel. And a branch shall be broken off and shall be carried into a far country. Nevertheless, they shall be remembered in the covenants of the Lord when the Messiah cometh. For he shall be made manifest unto them in the latter days, in the spirit of power, and shall bring them out of darkness into light, out of hidden darkness, (coughs) and out of captivity unto freedom. So this has reference both to the restoration of the gospel by Joseph in his first ministry and also to the gathering of Israel and to the taking of the fullness of the gospel to them in his second ministry. Verse 26, a seer shall the Lord my God raise up who shall be a choice seer unto the fruit of my loins, the end time servant. Thus saith the Lord God of my fathers unto me, a choice seer will I raise up out of the fruit of thy loins. And he shall be esteemed highly among the fruit of thy loins. And unto him will I give commandments that he shall do a work for the fruit of thy loins, his brethren. And he shall bring them to the knowledge of the covenants which I have made with thy fathers. And he shall do whatsoever work I shall command him. Again, Joseph Smith. And verses 30 through 31. And again, a seer will I raise up out of the fruit of thy loins. Now, notice the the scripture is, and again, a seer will I raise up out of the fruit of thy loins. And to him will I give power to bring forth my word unto the seed of thy loins, and not to the bringing forth of my word only, saith the Lord, but to the convincing them of my word. Now we're talking about Joseph Smith in his second ministry. Um, When his mission is unto the convincing of the house of Israel, of the words of the seed of Joseph of Egypt, um, which is in the Book of Mormon, to the convincing of the world that Jesus is the Christ and the revealing to them of the new and everlasting covenant that he offers and extends to them. Saith the Lord, but to the convincing them of my word, which shall have already gone forth among them in the last days. Now it shall already have gone forth among them 
because of the work of Joseph Smith in his first ministry and the efforts of, you know, primarily the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to, um, you know, deliver the Book of Mormon to the four corners of the earth. Verse 31, wherefore the fruit of thy loins shall write and the fruit of the loins of Judah shall write and that which shall be written by the fruit of thy loins and also that which shall be written by the fruit of the loins of Judah shall grow together to the confounding of false doctrines and the laying down of contentions and establishing peace among the fruit of thy loins and bringing them to a knowledge of their fathers in the latter days and also to the knowledge of my covenant saith the Lord. So the writings of the fruit of Joseph's loins, we're talking about the Book of Mormon and also the Doctrine and Covenants. And that will be combined with when the end time servant returns, as we're going to be reading in 1 Nephi 13. He will also bring with him the completion of the translation of the New Testament, uh, talked about by Nephi as the record of the 12 apostles. And so it will include um, many books that are not currently in the New Testament. Um, and also, you know, the writings of Judah, Joseph Smith will also be bringing forth his translation of the brass plates. And you know, they will be used in conjunction with one another in that end time missionary work of the gathering of Israel, the great and marvelous work of a wonder from the four quarters of the earth. Verse 32, and out of weakness shall he be made strong in that day when my work shall go forth among all my people, which shall restore them who are of the house of Israel in the last day. All right, now, Lehi uh, references this prophecy, which he had in the brass plates um, in 2 Nephi, chapter 3, starting in verse 1. And now I speak unto you, Joseph, my lastborn. Thou wast born in the wilderness of mine afflictions. Yea, in the days of my greatest sorrow did thy mother bear thee. And may the Lord consecrate also unto thee this land, which is a most precious land, for thine inheritance and the inheritance of thy seed with thy brethren for thy security forever. If it so be that ye shall keep the commandments of the Holy One of Israel. And so this Joseph, the Lord makes direct reference of the um, posterity of Lehi to Joseph in Egypt when he talks about the writings of thy seed will be combined with the writings of Judah. And now Joseph, my last born, whom I have brought out of the wilderness of mine afflictions, may the Lord bless thee forever, for thy seed shall not utterly be destroyed. For behold, thou art the fruit of thy loin, my loins, and I am a descendant of Joseph, who was carried captive into Egypt. And great were the covenants of the Lord, which he made unto Joseph, 
Wherefore, Joseph truly saw our day and obtained a promise of the Lord that out of the fruit of his loins, the Lord God would raise up a righteous branch unto the house of Israel, not the Messiah, but a branch which was to be broken off, nevertheless to be remembered in the covenants of the Lord that the Messiah should be manifest unto them in the latter days, in the spirit of power, unto the bringing of them out of darkness unto light, yea, out of hidden darkness and out of captivity unto freedom. For Joseph truly testified, saying, A seer will shall the Lord my God raise up, who shall be a choice seer unto the fruit of my loins. All right, again, you know, this is about the restoration of the gospel to, you know, the seed of Joseph, you know, i.e. Ephraim, um, and the establishment of the Church of Christ by Joseph Smith, which would later become known as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yea, Joseph truly said, Thus saith the Lord unto me, A choice seer will I raise up out of the fruit of thy loins, and he shall be esteemed highly among the fruit of thy loins. And unto him will I give commandment that he shall do a work for the fruit of thy loins, his brethren, which shall be of great worth unto them, even to the bringing them to the knowledge of the covenants which I have made with thy fathers. And I will give unto him a commandment that he shall do none other work save the work which I shall command him. And I will make him great in mine eyes, for he shall do my work. And he shall be great like unto Moses, whom I have said I would raise up unto you to deliver my people, O house of Israel. And Moses will I raise up to deliver thy people out of the land of Egypt. But a seer will I raise up out of the fruit of thy loins, and unto him will I give power to bring forth my word unto the seed of thy loins. Okay, again, this is the Book of Mormon through Joseph. And not to the bringing forth of my word only, saith the Lord, but to the convincing them of my word, which shall have already gone forth among them. So Joseph Smith would have two ministries, a first ministry in which he would bring forth the word of the fruit of Joseph or the Book of Mormon, and a second ministry unto the convincing of Israel of the word or of the words in the Book of Mormon, the new and everlasting covenant, which uh, had already gone forth among them, but this time to be combined also with the book or writings of Judah, um, the record of the 12 apostles, you know, which will be the full translation of the New Testament to also include the record of John the Baptist. Um, and also the translation of the brass plates. And to these ancient records will be restored the doctrine of Christ, the fullness of his gospel and the new covenant, whereby uh, Israel might become sons and daughters of Christ and ascend to the elect level. Verse 12, wherefore the fruit of thy loins shall write um, the Nephites. And the fruit of the loins of Judah shall write, and that which shall be written by the fruit of thy loins, and also that which shall be written by the fruit of the loins of Judah shall grow together unto the confounding of false doctrine, you know, 
at the return of the end time servant and laying down contentions and establishing peace among the fruit of thy loins and bringing them to a knowledge of their fathers in the latter days and also to the knowledge of my covenants, saith the Lord. And out of weakness, he, the Lord's end time servant, shall be made strong in that day when my work shall commence among my people unto the restoring thee, O house of Israel, saith the Lord. Now this commencing of the work is the work that Joseph accomplished during his second ministry. And thus prophesied Joseph, saying, Behold, that seer will the Lord bless, and they that seek to destroy him shall be confounded. For this promise which I have obtained of the Lord of the fruit of my loins shall be fulfilled. Behold, I am sure of the fulfilling of this promise. And his name shall be called after me, and it shall be after the name of his father. All right, again, this is Joseph of Egypt speaking. And he shall be like unto me for the thing which the Lord shall bring forth by his hand, by the power of the Lord shall bring my people unto salvation. Or in other words, because of the scripture brought forth by Joseph Smith and the work that he is to oversee, Israel shall be saved and gathered. Yea, thus prophesied Joseph, I am sure of this thing, even as I am sure of the promise of Moses, for the Lord has said unto me, I will preserve thy seed forever. And the Lord has said, I will raise up a Moses, and I will give power unto him in a rod, and I will give judgment unto him in writing, that I will not loose his tongue, that he shall speak much, for I will not make him mighty in speaking, but I will make, but I will write unto him my law, by the finger of mine own hand, and I will make a spokesman for him. And, you know, this is that servant who, you know, commences, commences the writings of uh, Judah. And the Lord said unto me also, I will raise up unto the fruit of thy loins, and I will make for him a spokesman. So, a spokesman. For the fruit of thy loins, you know, this is speaking to Lehi. So the spokesman for the fruit of his loins is Moroni. Um, you know, who is the one who, um, you know, abridged the Nephite writings into the Book of Mormon, you know, with, with help of his son Moroni, um, you know, and the small plates of Nephi. And I, behold, I will give unto him that he shall write the writing of the fruit of thy loins unto the fruit of thy loins, and the spokesman of thy loins shall declare it. Okay. The spokesman for the fruit of his loins is Joseph Smith, who translates the record um, of the Book of Mormon. And the words which he shall write shall be the words which are expedient in my wisdom. You know, pardon me. You know, this spokesman at the end of verse 18 is the same as the spokesman at the first of verse 18, which is Moroni. And the words which he shall write shall be the words which are expedient in my wisdom should go forth unto the fruit of thy loins. And it shall be as if the fruit of thy loins had cried unto them from the dust, for I know their faith. 
and they shall cry from the dust, yea, even repentance unto their brethren, even after many generations have gone by them. And it shall come to pass that their cry shall go, even according to the simpleness of their words. Because of their faith, their words shall proceed forth out of my mouth unto their brethren, who are the fruit of thy loins, and the weakness of their words will I make strong in their faith unto the remembering of my covenant, which I made unto thy fathers. And now, behold, my son Joseph, after this manner did my father, Joseph in Egypt, of old prophesy. And now back to Third Nephi chapter 29. Verse 1 again. And now behold, I say unto you that when the Lord shall see fit in his wisdom that these sayings shall come unto the Gentiles or that the Book of Mormon will be translated by Joseph Smith in his first ministry, according to his word, then ye may know that the covenant which the Father hath made with the children of Israel concerning the restoration to the lands of their inheritance is already beginning to be fulfilled. It started during Joseph Smith's first ministry, but was cut short. And ye may know that the words of the Lord which have been spoken by the holy prophets shall all be fulfilled. And ye need not say that the Lord delays his coming unto the children of Israel. And ye need not imagine in your hearts that the words which have been spoken are vain. For behold, the Lord will remember his covenant which he hath made unto his people of the house of Israel. And when ye shall see these things come forth among you, then ye need not any longer spurn the doings of the Lord. For the sword of his justice is in his right hand. And behold, at that day, if ye shall spurn at his doings, he will cause that it shall soon overtake you. Okay, the sword in the Lord's right hand is his end time servant. Woe unto him that spurneth at the doings of the Lord. Yea, woe unto him that shall deny the Christ and his works. Yea, woe unto him that shall deny the revelations of the Lord, and that shall say the Lord no longer worketh by revelation, or by prophecy, or by gifts, or by tongues, or by healings, or by the power of the Holy Ghost. Yea, woe unto him that shall say it that day, to get gain that there can be no miracle wrought by Jesus Christ. For he that doeth this shall become like unto the son of perdition, for whom there was no mercy according to the word of Christ. Yea, and ye need not any longer hiss, nor spurn, nor make game of the Jews, nor of any of the remnant of the house of Israel. For behold, the Lord remembereth his covenant unto them, and he will do unto them according to that which he has sworn. Therefore ye need not suppose that ye can turn the right hand of the Lord unto the left, that he may not execute judgment unto the fulfilling of the covenant which he hath made unto the house of Israel. Chapter 30, hearken, O ye Gentiles, and hear the words of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, which he hath commanded me that I should speak concerning you. For behold, he commandeth me that I should write, saying, Turn, all ye Gentiles, from your wicked ways, and repent of your evil doings, of your lyings, of your deceivings, of your whoredoms, your secret abominations, and your idolatries, and your murders, and your priestcrafts, and your envies, and your strifes and from all your wickedness and abominations, and come unto me and be baptized in my name, that ye may receive a remission of your sins and be filled with the Holy Ghost, that ye may be numbered with my people who are the house of Israel. 
now so that there can be no mistake who the Lord is speaking to with the term Gentiles in verse 2. He uses the exact same language in a prophecy that he made to the Nephites in 3 Nephi 16 about the restoration of the gospel to Joseph Smith and what would happen. So 3 Nephi 16, verse 10. And thus commanded the Father that I should say unto you, At that day when the Gentiles shall sin against my gospel and shall reject the fullness of my gospel. Now, the fullness of the Christ gospel um, in the last days was restored through Joseph Smith. And, you know, this period was 1829 to 1834 when the fullness of the gospel was restored to you know, what was then called the Church of Christ by Joseph Smith. And shall be lifted up in the pride of their hearts above all nations and above all the people of the whole earth and shall be filled with all manner of lyings and of deceits and of mischiefs and all manner of hypocrisy and murders and priestcrafts and whoredoms and secret abominations. And if they shall do all those things and shall reject the fullness of my gospel now, Make careful note that this is the same list that Christ gives in 3 Nephi chapter 30, verse 2, regarding the Gentiles. And the list we get in 3 Nephi 16.10 is a list of what they were doing under the leadership of Joseph Smith, which is why the fullness of the gospel was taken from them. But... In verse 30, we have reference to the second ministry of Joseph Smith. And so Christ reiterates that the same list of of abominations and sins that were being committed by the Latter-day Saints under Joseph and was the cause of the removal of the fullness of the gospel from them would also be a set of sins that... um, the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints would be guilty of at the time of the return of Joseph Smith. And that they, even though they had received baptism by water into the preparatory gospel, and thus, you know, by definition, are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. What does he say to the Latter-day members of the church at the time of the return of Joseph and the opening again of the heavens and the redemption of Zion and the restoration again of the fullness of Christ's gospel. Come unto me. This is the end of verse two, chapter 30 and be baptized in my name that ye may receive a remission of your sins and be filled with the Holy Ghost, that ye may be numbered with my people who are of the house of Israel. Well, if we go back to 3 Nephi 16 and finish verse 10, that if they should do, shall do all those things and shall reject the fullness of my gospel, 
Behold, saith the Father, I will bring the fullness of my gospel from among them. Well, in 1834, the Latter-day Saints were rejected from the Church of Christ um, or demoted from the Church of Christ. And the official name of the church was renamed the Church of the Latter-day Saints. Demoted from the terrestrial order of the gospel or the fullness of the gospel to the preparatory gospel. And when that happened, um, Oliver Cowdery and David Whitmer called 12 men as apostles in the preparatory church, the Church of the Latter-day Saints, and they then took... Um, the Book of Mormon to Europe on missions um, and began this taking the fullness of the gospel to Israel and the gathering of Israel being commenced in the days of Joseph Smith's first ministry. And then will I remember my covenant, which I have made unto my people, O house of Israel, and I will bring my gospel unto them. And I will show unto thee, O house of Israel, that the Gentiles shall not have power over you. But I remember my covenant unto you, O house of Israel, and ye shall come to a knowledge of the fullness of my gospel. Well, this has partial fulfillment in Joseph Smith's first ministry, but its fulfillment is completed and in great, much greater measure during Joseph Smith's second ministry when... Um, Israel is gathered out from the four quarters of the earth, uh, both to New Jerusalem and to Old Jerusalem, when it becomes again a holy city. Verse 13. But if the LDS Gentiles will repent and return unto me, this is in Joseph Smith's second ministry, saith the Father, behold, they shall be numbered among my people, O house of Israel. And is that not exactly what the promise is by Christ to the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in 3 Nephi chapter 30? Again, verse 2, Turn all ye Gentiles from your wicked ways, or to the Latter-day Saints, turn from your wicked ways, repent of your evil doings, of your lyings, of your deceivings, of your whoredoms, of your secret abominations, of your idolatries, and of your murders and priestcrafts. So this means that among the, a segment of the Latter-day Saints, there are murders which are taking place, priestcrafts which are taking place, secret abominations which are taking place, whoredoms, which are taking place, lyings and deceivings, which are taking place. And I would submit who has the capacity among the Latter-day Saints to be guilty of priestcrafts. And that will also give you a hint um, to whom the rest of these also apply as well to um, a section or a layer of the membership. And from all your wickedness and abominations, and come unto me and be baptized in my name. 
that ye may receive a remission of your sins and be filled with the Holy Ghost, that ye may be numbered among my people who are the house of Israel. So this is how the Latter-day Saints are to repent and return. They're to receive the doctrine of Christ, enter into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, that they might be baptized with water and with fire and with the Holy Ghost. And when they are, they have the Gentile blood burned out of them and become blood Israel, and thus will be numbered with Christ's people who are the house of Israel. And, you know, 3 Nephi 29 verse 30 gives additional insight into 3 Nephi 16 verse 13. But if the Gentiles will repent and return unto me, saith the Father, Behold, they shall be numbered among my people, O house of Israel. So verse 2 of chapter 30 instructs exactly how the Latter-day Saints are to repent and return that they might be numbered among the house of Israel. And continuing in verse 14 of 3 Nephi 16, And I will not suffer my people who are of the house of Israel to go through among them and tread them down, saith the Father. But if they will not turn unto me and hearken unto my voice, I will suffer them, yea, I will suffer my people, O house of Israel, that they shall go through among them and shall tread them down, and they shall be as salt that has lost its savor, which thenceforth is good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of my people, O house of Israel. Now, if we cross-reference becoming as salt that has lost its savor and thenceforth is good for nothing but to be cast out. If we go to DNC 103, which is the continuation and commentary on the parable of the redemption of Zion. Verse 5, But verily I say unto you that I have decreed a decree that my people shall realize inasmuch as they hearken from this very hour unto the counsel which I, the Lord their God, shall give unto them. So my people are the same people that the Lord refers to as my house in DNC 101 in the parable of the redemption of Zion, or the Latter-day Saints and all of those of the restoration branches. Inasmuch as they hearken from this very hour, the hour under Joseph Smith's second ministry, when the fullness of the gospel or the doctrine of Christ is declared to them in power and authority, behold, they shall, for I have decreed it, begin to prevail against mine enemies from this very hour. And by hearkening to observe all the words which I, the Lord God, shall speak unto them, they shall never cease to prevail until the kingdoms of the world are subdued under my feet, and the earth is given unto the saints to possess it forever and ever. Establishment of new and old Jerusalems and the millennial reign. And that the Gentiles who repent and return will play a prominent part in the establishment of new and old Jerusalems in preparing the earth for the second coming of Jesus Christ. For they were set to be a light unto the world and to be the saviors of men. However, not all will receive the doctrine of Christ and the new and everlasting covenant when it is declared unto them in power and authority. 
Verse 10, and inasmuch as they are not the saviors of men, they are a salt that has lost its savor and is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. So, again, a direct reference to the prophecy given by Christ to the Nephites about the fate of the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints if they do not receive the fullness of the gospel during the end-time servant's second ministry. And this being trodden under foot, we also read about at the end of the parable of the redemption of Zion in DNC 101, verses 64 through 66, that the work of the gathering together of my saints may continue. It has to continue because it was cut short during Joseph Smith's first ministry and required a second. That I may build them up unto my name upon holy places. For the time of harvest is come, and my word must needs be fulfilled. Therefore, I must gather together my people according to the parable of the wheat and the tares, that the wheat may be secured in the garners to possess eternal life. Those Gentiles who repent and return and are taken on that end time exodus and be crowned with celestial glory when I shall come in the kingdom of my father to reward every man according as his work shall be, while the tares shall be bound in bundles and their bands made strong, that they may be burned with unquenchable fire. Or in other words, in DNC 103, and inasmuch as they are not the saviors of men, they are a salt that has lost its savor and thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. And now going back to 3 Nephi 16, verse 15. But if they will not turn unto me the latter-day saints during Joseph Smith's second ministry and hearken unto my voice, I will suffer them. Yea, I will suffer my people, O house of Israel, that they shall go through among them and tread them down, and they shall be a salt that has lost its savor, which is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of my people, O house of Israel. Now let's go to First Nephi 13. And verses 34 through 41. And it came to pass that the angel of the Lord spake unto me, saying, Behold, saith the Lamb of God, after I have visited the remnant of the house of Israel, and this remnant of whom I speak is the seed of thy father, Lehi, wherefore, after I have visited them in judgment and smitten them by the hand of the Gentiles, the Gentile nation, and after the Gentiles, Gentile nation, or Actually, we just have a transition. Um, And after the Gentiles do stumble exceedingly because of the most plain and precious parts of the gospel of the Lamb, which have been kept back by that abominable church, which is the mother of harlots, saith the Lamb, I will be merciful unto the Gentiles in that day, insomuch that I will bring forth unto them in mine own power much of my gospel, which shall be plain and precious, saith the Lamb. So, Gentiles being the Gentile nation, uh, scattered Ephraim in North America, we have the removal of the doctrine of Christ from the Bible, and thus the most plain and precious parts of the gospel of the Lamb, which have been kept back by that abominable church. (laughs) So, 
I will bring forth unto them in mine own power much of my gospel. Well, why is it much of my gospel instead of the fullness of my gospel? Because the restoration was cut short. Um, starting in 1829 and getting cut short in 1834, when we're demoted from the Church of Christ to the Church of Latter-day Saints, even though the Lord kept giving the saints chance after chance after chance to repent and return and receive everything back that had been taken from them, even the fullness of the gospel, um, but they would not. Um, and so, you know, the, the restoration was cut short in the days of Joseph Smith. And therefore, the Lord says that I will bring forth much of my gospel during Joseph Smith's first ministry at the end of verse 34. Verse 35, For behold, saith the Lamb, I will manifest myself unto thy seed, that they shall write many things which I shall minister unto them, which shall be plain and precious, and after thy seed shall be destroyed and dwindle in unbelief, and also the seed of thy brethren. Behold, these things shall be hid up to come forth unto the Gentiles by the gift of the power of the Lamb. And in them shall be written the gospel, saith the Lamb, and my rock and my salvation. Again, the coming forth of the Book of Mormon through Joseph. And blessed are they who shall seek to bring forth my Zion at that day. All right, now we have a transition from Joseph Smith's first ministry to Joseph Smith's second ministry. At that day is the day of the Lord. Um you know, beginning with Joseph returning and opening again the heavens or the time of the fullness of the Gentiles coming in. For they shall have the gift and power of the Holy Ghost. Well, how do they have the gift and power of the Holy Ghost? Well, because Joseph opens again the heavens, it's again possible by entering into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit to receive the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. And if they endure unto the end, so if they draw near unto me with their lips and with their hearts, not only unto the receiving of the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost, but continuing on to come into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory, thus becoming members of the church of the firstborn and qualifying to enter into New Jerusalem, they shall be lifted up at the last day and shall be saved in the everlasting kingdom of the Lamb, meaning they will qualify to enter New Jerusalem during the millennial period. And whoso shall publish peace, ye tidings of great joy, how beautiful upon the mountains shall they be. Again, referring to the Latter-day Saints, who during Joseph Smith's second ministry receive the fullness of the gospel and go on the end time exodus with Joseph and then go to the four quarters of the earth proclaiming the fullness of the gospel and gathering Israel. And it shall come to pass that I beheld the remnant of the seed of my brethren and also the book of the Lamb of God, which had proceedeth forth from the mouth of the Jew. And the mouth of the Jew in this context is Jesus Christ. And it came forth from the Gentiles unto the remnant of the seed of my brethren. Um, you know, this is, you know, the New Testament. But 
the New Testament that we have today um, has been highly redacted and we have lost much of the record of the 12 apostles, which will be restored by Joseph when he brings the full translation of the New Testament when he comes back on the scene. And after it had come forth unto them, I beheld other books which came forth by the power of the Lamb from the Gentiles unto them, unto the convincing of the Gentiles and the remnant of the seed of my brethren, and also the Jews who were scattered upon all the face of the earth, that the records of the prophets and of the twelve apostles of the Lamb are true. So remember, both in JST Genesis 50, It talked about the mission of Joseph in his second ministry was convincing. In 2 Nephi chapter 3, as we read, um, you know, the same prophecy that the mission of Joseph in his second ministry was to convince of the word which has already gone forth among them, both the Book of Mormon and that portion of the um, Bible the Old Testament being the record of the prophets, the New Testament being the record of the 12 apostles. But now with the translation of the brass plates and the full translation of the New Testament and the restoration of the doctrine of Christ to both the Old and New Testament, now it aligns perfectly with the record of the Book of Mormon. And these Gentile missionaries who are um, adopted into the house of Israel through the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, who will go forth to proclaim these things, um, will gather Israel and um, be part of that work of convincing them of the fullness of the gospel through the fullness of the scripture record. And the angel spake unto me, saying, These last records which thou hast seen among the Gentiles shall be established, or shall establish the truth of the first, which are of the twelve apostles of the Lamb, and shall make known the plain and precious things which have been kept away from them. So again, the doctrine of Christ having been removed from the New Testament, as well as many of the books of the twelve apostles, and John the Baptist having removed from the New Testament, all will be restored. And shall make known to all kindreds, tongues, and people that the Lamb of God is the Son of the Eternal Father and the Savior of the world, and that all men must come unto him or they cannot be saved. And they must come according to the words which shall be established by the mouth of the Lamb. And the words of the Lamb shall be made known in the records of thy seed, the Book of Mormon, as well as in the records of the twelve apostles of the Lamb, the fullness of the record of the New Testament. Wherefore, they both shall be established in one, for there is one God and one shepherd over all the earth. And the time cometh that he shall manifest himself unto all nations, both unto the Jews and also unto the Gentiles. And after he has manifested himself unto the Jews and also unto the Gentiles, so talking about Christ's first ministry, first taking the fullness of the gospel to the Jews, and after his resurrection, the apostles taking the fullness to the Gentiles. Then shall 
Then he shall manifest himself unto the Gentiles, the restoration of the fullness of the gospel uh, first in Joseph Smith's first ministry, and then again in Joseph Smith's second ministry, and also unto the Jews. Well, at the commencement of the end time exodus, the Lamanites will first be gathered, and then the fullness of the gospel will be taken to the rest of the house of Israel and to the Jews, and they will be gathered if they are willing to enter into covenant with their Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And the last shall be first, and the first shall be last. Now, First Nephi chapter 14. And it shall come to pass that if the Gentiles, if the Latter-day Saints during Joseph Smith's second ministry, shall hearken unto the Lamb of God in that day. And how do they hearken unto the Lamb of God in that day? Well, that day is when Joseph Smith opens again the heavens, and the servants... Go forth, talked about in DNC 101.55, to declare the doctrine of Christ, and that people can again um, become sons and daughters of Christ by offering up a broken heart and contrite spirit and receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And that's how the Latter-day Saints hearken unto Jesus Christ in that day that he shall manifest himself unto them in word and also in power, in very deed. And how does this happen? Unto the taking away of their stumbling blocks. Well, what are the stumbling blocks of the Latter-day Saints? Well, the gutting of the doctrine of Christ from the mainstream teachings of the church. When the new and everlasting covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit given by Jesus Christ in 3 Nephi chapter 9, verse 20. And going there in 3 Nephi 9, verse 20. And ye shall offer for a sacrifice unto me a broken heart and contrite spirit. And whoso cometh unto me with a broken heart and contrite spirit, him will I baptize with fire and with the Holy Ghost. And thus, it is the answer in verse 17 of 3 Nephi 9, and as many as have received me, to them have I given to become the sons of God. Well, this is how we are to receive Christ. And this is how we become the sons and daughters of Christ, through entering into the new covenant by offering up the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. This is what was removed from the teachings of the LDS church and the restoration of this knowledge and its teaching occurs at the time of Joseph Smith's return, not necessarily on the scene, which is on the eve of destruction to lead the end time Exodus, but he returns before that time to open again, the heavens that the word may go forth to the members of the church that they might have the opportunity to accept or reject. And if they accept, they become numbered among the house of Israel and are to be gathered out as the strength of the Lord's house. And it shall come to pass that if the Gentiles shall hearken unto the Lamb of God in that day, that he shall manifest himself unto them in word and also in power, in very deed. Well, another cross-reference is DNC 84. 
about how Christ manifests himself unto the Latter-day Saints, indeed, in word and in power at the time of the return of Joseph. Verse 19 in DNC 84. And this greater priesthood, the first order of Melchizedek priesthood or the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood, administereth the gospel and holdeth the key of the mysteries of the kingdom, even the key of the knowledge of God. Okay, so this order of the gospel was taken from the saints in 1834. Now, not from Joseph Smith or those who were true and faithful in the holy order, but from the rest of the church, which was the 99%. As is referenced in DNC 124, when the saints are in Nauvoo, where Christ admonishes the saints to repent and return, and if they do, he would restore the Melchizedek priesthood to them. 120, DNC 124, verse 28, For there is not a place found on earth, that he may come to and restore again that which was lost unto you, or which he hath taken away even the fullness of the priesthood. This fullness of the priesthood is the first order of Melchizedek priesthood talked about in DNC 84. Verse 19 again, And this greater priesthood, the fullness of the priesthood, which had been taken from the saints, but is restored by Joseph when he returns and opens again the heavens in advance of leading the anti-Mexodus. And holdeth the key of the mysteries of the kingdom, even the key of the knowledge of God. Well, how does this priesthood hold the key to the knowledge of God and the mysteries of the kingdom? Because it's the power to perform the ordinance of baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. When a man or woman receives it, they may be instructed about how to part the veil and enter into Christ's uh, presence in his glory not in the next life, in this life. Therefore, in the ordinances thereof, the power of godliness is manifest. Well, what is the power of godliness being manifest to men in the flesh? It's the reception of the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, where a man, where a woman becomes born again, a son or daughter of Christ. The Gentile blood being burned out of them, becoming blood Israel, a large portion of the natural man dying, becoming sons and daughters of Jesus Christ, and having that physical change take place in them, um, which is required to, at a future point, enter into Christ's presence in his glory without dying. Verse 21, And without the ordinances thereof, and the authority of the priesthood, the power of godliness is not manifest unto men in the flesh. So when this priesthood is not upon the earth by a man uh, who's been ordained and sealed to it, who is flesh and blood, because they're always translated beings, you know, who have this priesthood power. But this is talking about a mortal. Um, it is not possible to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, or enter into the rest of the Lord. And, you know, cross-referencing with a verse that we just read in Third Nephi Chapter 30, verse 3. And come unto me and be baptized in my name, Latter-day Saints, that ye may receive a remission of your sins and be filled with the Holy Ghost, that ye may be numbered with my people who are of the house of Israel. Going back to First Nephi, chapter 14. Verse 1. 
And it shall come to pass that if the Gentiles, if the Latter-day Saints, shall hearken unto the Lamb of God in that day by receiving the doctrine of Christ as taught in power and authority, that he shall manifest himself unto them in word and also in power, in very deed. Well, this is the same as the power of godliness being made manifest unto men in the flesh. He's made manifest unto them through the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and then having the opportunity for them to be taught to part the veil and come into his presence in his glory. And also in power in very deed unto the taking away of their stumbling blocks or the restoration of the fullness of the gospel and the doctrine of Christ and the possibility of receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost and entering into the rest of the Lord, which had not been the case since Joseph uh, during his first ministry. And verse 2, and harden not their hearts, in First Nephi 14, against the Lamb of God. They shall be numbered among the seed of thy father. So again, the opposite of hardening the heart is offering up as a sacrifice the broken heart and contrite spirit. To receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, having the Gentile blood burned out of us and becoming blood Israel, and thus they shall be numbered among the seed of thy father. Yea, they shall be numbered among the house of Israel, and they shall be a blessed people upon the promised land forever. And they shall no more be brought down into captivity, and the house of Israel shall no more be confounded. So, all of the prophecies that um, after the restoration of the gospel, it would never go again into apostasy, those don't have reference to Joseph's first ministry. They have reference to his second ministry. As is just outlined in 1 Nephi 14, verse 2. Yea, they shall be numbered among the house of Israel, and they shall be a blessed people upon the promised land forever, and they shall no more be brought down into captivity. For once we rejected the fullness of the gospel under Joseph Smith and were demoted to the preparatory gospel um, with the death of Joseph, we were brought down into captivity. And we remain in that captivity today until we receive the doctrine of Christ with gladness and offer up the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit. And verse 3, And that great pit which hath been digged for them by that great and abominable church, which the pastors of the people participate in, which was founded by the devil and his children, that he might lead away the souls of men down to hell. Yea, that great pit which hath been digged for the destruction of men shall be filled by those who digged it unto their utter destruction, saith the Lamb of God, not the destruction of the soul, save it be the casting of it into that hell which hath no end. For behold, this is according to the captivity of the devil, also according to the justice of God upon all those who will work wickedness and abomination before him. And it came to pass that the angel spake unto me, Nephi, saying, Thou hast beheld that if the Gentiles, the Latter-day Saints, repent in Joseph Smith's second ministry, it shall be well with them. And thou also knowest concerning the covenants of the Lord unto the house of Israel. And thou hast heard that whoso repenteth not must perish. 
will become as salt that has lost its savor. Thenceforth is good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under the foot of man. And verse six, therefore, woe be unto the Gentiles, woe be unto the Latter-day Saints, if it so be that they harden their hearts against the Lamb of God or will not receive the doctrine of Christ during Joseph's second ministry. For the time come, saith the Lamb of God, that I will work a great and marvelous work among the children of men. All right, again, this is during Joseph Smith's second ministry, the restoration of the fullness of the gospel and the gathering of Israel and establishing New Jerusalem and Old Jerusalem in preparation for the return of Christ in his glory. A work which shall be everlasting either on the one hand or on the other, either to the convincing them unto peace and eternal life or unto the deliverance of them to the hardness of their hearts and the blindness of their minds, unto their being brought down into captivity and also unto destruction both temporally and spiritually according to the captivity of the devil of which I have spoken. And it came to pass that when the angel had spoken these words, he said unto me, Rememberest thou the covenants of the Father unto the house of Israel? And I said unto him, Yea. And it came to pass that he said unto me, Look, and behold that great and abominable church, which is the mother of abominations, whose founder is the devil. And he said unto me, Behold, there are saved two churches only. The one is the church of the Lamb of God, the other is the church of the devil. Wherefore, whoso belongeth not to the church of the Lamb of God belongeth to the great church. To that great church, which is the mother of abominations, she is the whore of all the earth. And it came to pass that I looked and I beheld the whore of all the earth. And she sat upon many waters and she had dominion over all the earth among all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people. And it came to pass that I beheld the church of the Lamb of God and its numbers were few. Now, this is talking about at the time of the great and marvelous wonder or the marvelous work in a wonder. This is during Joseph Smith's second ministry. The members of the church of the Lamb of God, its numbers were few because of the wickedness and abominations of the whore who sat upon many waters. Nevertheless, I beheld that the church of the Lamb, who were the saints of God, were also upon all the face of the earth, and their dominions upon the face of the earth were small because of the wickedness of the great whore whom I saw. And it came to pass that I beheld that the great mother of abominations did gather together multitudes upon the face of all the earth, among all the nations of the Gentiles, to fight against the Lamb of God. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, beheld the power of the Lamb of God, that it descended upon the saints of the church of the Lamb, the church of Christ, having been restored by Joseph in his second ministry. And upon the covenant people of the Lord, those who enter into the new and everlasting covenant of broken heart and contrite spirit, who were scattered upon all the face of the earth and were armed with righteousness and with power of God in great glory. And it came to pass that I beheld that the wrath of God was poured out upon that great and abominable church, insomuch that there were wars and rumors of wars among all the nations and kindreds of the earth. So this is that which is shortly to come to pass. And as there began to be wars and rumors of wars among all the nations which belong to the mother of abominations, 
The angel spake unto me, saying, Behold, the wrath of God is upon the mother of harlots, and behold, thou seest all these things. And when the day cometh that the wrath of God is poured out upon the mother of harlots, which is the great and abominable church of all the earth, whose founder is the devil, then at that day the work of the Father shall commence in preparing the way for the fulfilling of his covenants, which he hath made to his people who are of the house of Israel. Well, the day of the wrath poured out upon the mother of harlots. Let's cross-reference DNC 101. Verse 55. This is the return of Joseph in his second ministry. And the Lord of the vineyard said unto one of his servants, Joseph Smith Jr., go and gather together the residue of my servants, the first laborers in the last kingdom, who have also returned. My young men, and they that are of middle aged, also among all my servants, who are the strength of mine house, save only those whom I've appointed to tarry. And go ye straightway unto the land of my vineyard, and redeem my vineyard, for it is mine, I have bought it with money. Therefore get ye straightway unto the land, Unto my land, break down the walls of mine enemies, throw down their tower, and scatter their watchmen. And inasmuch as they gather together against you, avenge me of mine enemies, that by and by I may come with the residue of my house and possess the land. So in that day, when Joseph stands up against the mother of harlots and begins to bring them down, at that day, Back in 1 Nephi 14, verse 17. And when the day cometh that the wrath of God is poured out upon the mother of harlots, which is the great and abominable church of all the earth, whose founder is the devil, then at that day shall the work of the Father commence in preparing the way for the fulfilling of his covenants, which he hath made to his people who are of the house of Israel. (coughs) Or in other words, Joseph gathers out the strength of the Lord's house among the Latter-day Saints, leads them on in end-time exodus, But before the end time exodus begins, he begins that work of standing up to the mother of harlots and bringing them down. And then the end time exodus commences. Um, Those Latter-day Saints who aren't on the exodus, they don't make it. They are the salt that has lost savor and are tread down by the king of Assyria, king of Babylon, And the Gentiles then go out and take the fullness of the gospel to the four corners of the earth and begin the work of gathering out Israel for the second time. And it came to pass that the angel spake unto me, saying, Look. And I looked, and I beheld a man, and he was dressed in a white robe. And the angel said unto me, Behold, one of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Behold, he shall see and write the remainder of the things Yea, and also many things which have been. Or John the Revelator would pick up where Nephi leaves off um, with the prophecy of what would happen. Um, You know, once Joseph comes back on the scene and starts taking down the whore of all the earth in preparation to lead the end time exodus to establish new jerusalem and that is the book of revelations the full account of the book of revelations we will receive um, when joseph smith delivers the 
uh, book of Lamb of God to you know, those who will receive the doctrine of Christ when he comes back on the scene. Now, 3 Nephi 23. And now behold, I say unto you that ye ought to search these things. Yea, commandment I give unto you that ye search these things diligently. For great are the words of Isaiah. For Isaiah, you know, his prophecy gives um, a complete prophecy both of the things which Nephi was shown um, in his vision of the end from the beginning and which are recorded in the book of Revelations um, in, you know, one book. For surely he spake as touching all things concerning my people, which are of the house of Israel. Therefore it must needs be that he must speak also to the Gentiles. So who is he that also must speak unto the Gentiles? It's Isaiah. The book of Isaiah is all about the restoration of the gospel in Joseph Smith's second ministry, the gathering out of the strength of the Lord's house among the Latter-day Saints, and how the end-time exodus goes forth from there to finish the gathering of Israel and the taking down of the whore of Babylon. For surely he spake concerning, as touching all things concerning my people, which are of the house of Israel. Therefore it must needs be that he must speak also to the Gentiles. And all things that he spake have been and shall be, even according to the words which he spake. Therefore give heed to my words, write the things which I have told you, and according to the time and the will of the Father, they shall go forth unto the Gentiles, or to the members of the Church of Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saints, and if I can put in a plug for our Thursday and Sunday in-person cottage meetings, we have started to go through the book of Isaiah and will continue until we have gone through every chapter. And whosoever will hearken unto my words and repenteth and is baptized, the same shall be saved. Search the prophets, for many there be that testify of these things. And now it came to pass that when Jesus had said these words, he said unto them again, after he had expounded all the scriptures unto them which they had received, he said unto them, Behold, other scriptures I would that ye should write that ye have not. And it came to pass that he said unto Nephi, Bring forth the record which ye have kept. And when Nephi had brought forth the records and laid them before him, he cast his eyes upon them and said, Verily I say unto you, I command my servant, I commanded my servant Samuel, the Lamanite, that he should testify unto this people, that at the day that the Father should glorify his name in me, that there were many saints who should arise from the dead, and should appear unto many, and should minister unto them, and he said unto them, Was it not so? And his disciples answered him and said, Yea, Lord, Samuel did prophesy according to thy words, and they were all fulfilled. And Jesus said unto them, How be it that ye have not written this thing, 
that many saints did arise and appear unto many and administer unto them. And it came to pass that Nephi remembered that this thing had not been written. And it came to pass that Jesus commanded that it should be written. Therefore, it was written according as he commanded. And now it came to pass that when Jesus had expounded all the scriptures in one, which they had written, he commanded them that they should teach the things which he had expounded unto them. Now, next Monday, we'll begin in 3 Nephi chapter 24. But just a, a prelude to that, 3 Nephi chapter 24, verse 1. And it came to pass that he commanded them that they should write the words which the Father had given unto Malachi, which he should tell unto them. And it came to pass that after they were written, he expounded them. And these are the words which he did tell unto them, saying, Thus said the Father unto Malachi, Behold, I will send my messenger, the Lord's end-time servant, Joseph Smith, Jr. And he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Now, the Lord suddenly comes to his temple in Joseph Smith's second ministry when New Jerusalem is established. Even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in, behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. But who may abide the day of his coming? Who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. And it is the message of the restoration, which Joseph Smith restores in his second ministry, which is what will prepare the Latter-day Saints and the entire earth for the return of Jesus Christ in his glory and not to be burned up in his second coming and to survive the destructions of the king of Assyria, king of Babylon, to be gathered out on that end-time exodus to both new and old Jerusalems. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.